Good evening, and welcome to another episode of the Psych Ward. As usual, my name is Dr. Darian, PhD in BS. With me, of course, <laughs> is my lovely assistant, Nurse Cyanide. Nurse, how are you this morning? I am fantastic. Excellent. You sound well-rested. I am. That must be nice. That's something that <laughs> doesn't really occur in my life anymore, but uh, it's, it's f- fun for me to hear other people it sounded like they got a good night's <laughs> sleep, and then I can remember what it was like at some point. Ah, fond memories. Yes, indeed. The time before children. <laughs> well, this evening we have uh, somebody very special to talk to you about. Checking in is Emmerich Belasco of the infamous Belasco House. His first name was Emmerich. He was born on March the 23rd, 1879. He was the illegitimate son of an American munitions maker. What did he look like? His was a frightening visage, like the face of a demon that had taken on some human aspect. Are you quoting? Yes, I am. That is his second wife. She committed suicide in this room in 1927. How tall was he? Uh, he was six foot five. They called him the Roaring Giant. What did he do to make this house so evil, Mr. Fisher? Drug addiction. Alcoholism, sadism. Bestiality, mutilation, murder, vampirism, necrophilia, cannibalism. Not to mention a gamut of sexual goodies. Shall I go on? How did it end? If it had ended, we would not be here. This son of a bitch suffers from delusions of grandeur, although I wouldn't say they were necessarily delusions. He yeah. also, um, I would say, I don't know if such a clinical diagnosis exists, but I would say he definitely had a God complex. And uh, violent tendencies, uh, hedonistic tendencies. Um, what else, Mandy? What am I missing here? Um... I don't know. Do you want to say that, like, would he qualify as a psychopath? I mean, most of the people are that we have on the show. That's true. I mean, um, given given the uh, the mass murder. Oh, I don't know if you even call it mass murder. Technically, he made them kill themselves. But yeah. given the uh, the circumstances in which he created for the mass murderer, um, there's, yeah, there's definitely uh, some psychosis involved. Yeah. So we're talking about Emmerich Belasco of the Belasco House, which is a, from a movie called The Legend of Hell House, which came out in 1978, I believe. Three. Three. God damn it. <laughs> should know that. I watched that. it last night. <laughs> and so did I. Well, I, kind of, I put it on and then I fell asleep like five minutes in. Not because it's a boring movie, though. Just because I'm goddamn tired. But um, <laughs> the circumstances, he didn't, we didn't even actually see him die per se. But the circumstances yeah. surrounding his quote-unquote disappearance was that he was a um, multimillionaire. Uh, and we're talking, I think, early 20s, 1920s, uh, when the, the culmination of these events occurred was uh, the 1920s multimillionaire uh, got sick and tired of people. Well, I'm speculating this, this part, but he got sick and tired <laughs> of people uh you know leeching off of him and trying to get his money away from him so he threw this very lavish party in which he just filled his house with all the food and all the booze and the drugs and then he invited everybody over and 
as as is wont to do in the 1920s, it rapidly turned into some kind of a bizarro sex orgy, which included vampirism, necrophilia, bestiality, and a host of other things that I don't think there's even names for. At some point during the evening, he boarded the house up, locked it down tight, and vanished, leaving everybody inside to, uh, they're pretty much trapped, and of course, yeah. as the, the days and weeks went on, they turned from party mode to uh, we have to eat each other to survive mode. Now, the culmination of the movie is when a paranormal team, well, I don't know if you call them a team, they're really kind of like yeah. a ragtag group of in- investigators, goes in on the behest of another millionaire who recently bought the place to try to establish uh, whether or not there is life after death. Mandy, what did you think of the movie? Um, I thought it was a typical 70s movie. <laughs> I love it. Um. I like I like seventies horror movies and the fact that like they just kind of like were what they were. They didn't try and be things that they weren't. Um, they're very like I guess like real <laughs> in that aspect. I find mm-hmm. um, I, I liked it. I thought it was you know pretty decent. It was a good story. Um, it was a little bit slow at the beginning, but I find like a lot of British movies are, mm-hmm. and that's just something that I'm kind of used to. Um, but yeah, like I, I thought it was good. I thought it was, you know, interesting. And for me, it was funny because I'm more familiar with like, um, the haunting and, you know, like the house on the hill and all those other ones that are kind of like spawned off of the original book. Mm-hmm. So seeing like the stuff that's in those in this movie as well, like just with the certain, like the like being possessed to like have sex with people and like the whole cat thing and like just those little bits that were in all the other movies is pretty cool to see where it came from. I feel like if you're gonna get possessed, there's a lot worse that you could do than have sex with people. Yeah. You know what I mean? You could go on a killing spree, you could start stabbing people at the shopping mall. Really yep. this this ghost just kinda makes you horny. Yeah, exactly. Which I know, I know that there's a lot of people out there. I mean, the, you know, Viagra, things like that. <laughs> there's a cheaper yeah. way around that, like just spending a weekend at the Belasco house to get your boogie on with your wife. Then, you know, I would I would opt for that. I just hope oh, that yeah. I could remember part of what happened w- during the possession. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It seemed to be a problem. No fun if you wake up afterwards and you're like, oh man. <laughs> oh well, I still got a condom on, so I guess I did something right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoa, that was one hell of a party, huh, Bob? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No eye contact for the rest of the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that got weird. I don't know, man. I love this movie. I love the it's you're right, it's got the seventies pacing and it's got that British kind of uh drab feel to it. But what I like the most about it was just the impending sense of dread. Um, yeah. You mentioned The Haunting. That's actually based on another book called The Haunting of Hill House. Oh, yeah. It's actually a they, separate like, book. They kind of like used similar stuff, though. Yes. Like all those ones that, like all the Hill House ones, use a lot of the similar ones from that book. True. Uh, the Haunting of Hill House was actually written in the 60s. This one was based on a book by Richard Matheson, who also wrote... Um, uh, I Am Legend and some other horror movies that are pretty good that escape me at the moment. But um, separate books, although they did use a lot of the same tropes, like as far as the yep. paranormal stuff goes and things like that. Uh, the this I actually read the book that this is based on. It's just called Hell House. And there is a whole other 
it get, it gets deeper into uh, Emmerich Belasco, and there's a whole other s- sequence of events that takes place in a swimming pool. But the the hedonistic um, lifestyle and the way that that transcends after his supposed death is still there. The main plot points are still there. Uh, the ruse with the the dead body in the wall. Um, yeah. He, he does get down with Miss Tanner, not the dead body, <laughs> but uh, we've, I mean, not to spoil, well, I guess we could spoil this. It was made Yeah, we usually do. Yeah, who gives a shit? Uh, we, he does get down with Miss Tanner, but she's under the impression that she's having sex with the ghost of Daniel Belasco, who she believes to be his son, but it is, in yeah. fact, the ghost of Emmerich, and uh, once he gets all up in that, it really fucks her up big time. Oh, yeah. So, I think that it's like, it's funny that she, you know, was more like thinking it was like his son and not him. And like, what did it matter? <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're still going to have sex with a ghost, man. And that is, I mean, okay, let's just put that, let's just put that on the back burner for a moment. Okay. So you're telling me that if I have sex with you, that that's going to somehow free your soul in a weird way? <laughs> yeah. All right. Now, I, I I'll, Mandy, I'll be the first to admit, I've told some tall tales to get into the panties of women. But that, and and if the young lady in question is willing to buy that, she should, well, but clearly I've gotten enough uh, wine coolers in her to to get her home to my apartment for the night. That's impressive, yeah. That is is very impressive, especially for a dead guy, right? Yeah, exactly. Welcome to my house. I'm delighted you could come. I'm certain you will find your stay here most illuminating. Think of me as your unseen host, and believe that during your stay here, I shall be with you in spirit. May you find the answer that you seek. It is here, I promise you. And now, I'll see you there. So the ruse that we're talking about, if you haven't seen this one, inmates, is that at one point they find a dead body uh, walled up in like a, a weird antechamber there at the mm-hmm. Belasco house. They knock it down, uh, and what we find is a rotting corpse, basically a skeleton at this point. And uh, it's got a uh, signet signet ring on it that says DB, which we have to assume is stands for Daniel Belasco. Now, the thing about the Belasco... Dead body. <laughs> <laughs> aptly, aptly labeled, just in case there was any confusion. Yeah. <laughs> There's a dead guy right here, so... Uh... <laughs> That's still on his ring, dead body. Okay, I, I was a little worried about I thought he might still be alive, despite the fact that he's a fucking skeleton. Yeah. But... Uh... The ruse from there is that the the spirit of Emmerich Belasco, who is very much haunting this place, um, convinces Ms. Tanner, who's one of the psychic researchers, uh, that he is actually the the spirit of Daniel Belasco, who was murdered by his father and uh, now needs to have sex with her in order to set his spirit (laughs) free. And it works somehow. So good for him. (laughs) Yeah. Well done. Um. All in all, I think that uh, Emmerich probably, just as I mentioned, uh, had enough of these freeloaders and decided he was going to go all Vlad Tepish on them. But instead of burning the place down, he just decided to leave them in there uh, to rot. And that's pretty much what happened. Now, at the end of the movie, we actually get to see who we believe to be Emmerich Belasco. Uh, given given uh, Roddy McDowell's description of him, I don't think we could have gotten farther away from that with... Uh, yeah. 
Alfred from Batman being the actual Emmerich Belasco, who is remarkably well-preserved. Yeah, I was pretty disappointed. Yeah, I mean, uh, they find him and he's just kind of sitting. I mean, he's dead, of course, but yeah. he's just kind of sitting there and it's Alfred from the, from the original <laughs> Tim Burton Batman movies. Yeah. That's kind of wacky. And that's not how that goes down in the book, but we won't get into that. <laughs> uh, what do you think, Mandy? What do you think of Emmerich Belasco? Some kind of a weirdo or what? Um, I think so, but I think it's it's like you're saying, he kind of just more convinced other people to do stuff. He didn't like directly do stuff. So either by, you know, possession or mind control or just leaving all the people in the house. He wasn't like, you know, like a slasher type guy. It was just going around killing people. He was sort of, I guess, using his wits to do it. Right. Using his, you know, his brains to get them to do it more. Right. So. so I have to assume, and I don't know if you're with me on this, but during the original hedonistic party that turned into a three-month fight for survival, <laughs> yeah. he just kind of locked himself in the safe room and sat quietly waiting to die. Is that what we're meant to believe? I think so. But it's weird because, like, if it was, like, if that was a movie now, there would be, like, cameras and they'd be watching it. Right. Whereas, like, back then, he's just kind of, like, sitting there just like, okay, um... Like, I hope they're doing stuff out there. Like, maybe, like, with his ear against the door, kind of listening, you know. I'm sure there was some beating off involved in there. <laughs> yeah. There has too, to be. But, I mean, and you can kind of, like, he's just going off of, like, like sounds you could hear through the wall. Yeah. So, he's just kind of, like, hoping they're doing stuff. Yeah. I'm sure his imagination ran away with him. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's pretty wacky. That is also not uh, what happened in the book. But um, I think that... Uh, I mean, there's there's allusions made to things that happened before the party, which leads us mm-hmm. to believe that he was a sick, twisted bastard leading up to this. Uh, we can draw the conclusion that he had just had enough and done this, but as as Roddy McDowell, who plays Mr. Fisher, uh, and is like the only survivor from the previous attempt to investigate the Belasco house, explains his history and how he um, all these illegitimate children were popping up and... He didn't treat women very well, and he did. You know, I mean, some of that is a sign of the times because, again, we're talking turn of the century. Um, but at the same time, he he like took it to another level, and he used his money, power, and influence to do that. So we can we can draw some conclusions as to his psychosis leading up to the party, and even post mortem when we get into you know all the fuckery that happens with the paranormal team. Uh, he was he was a sick son of a bitch to begin with. And the money and the power just kind of amplified that, I feel like. Yeah, I think so. I think that, he, you know, something like that you would just always have in you. And he was probably like, they probably didn't go into the movie. I don't know if they got into it in the book. But if you're that type of person, you're probably kind of like doing that shit as you're growing up. Mm-hmm. And doing like things, that, you know, sort of like push the boundaries. And like I said, he probably wasn't killing people, but he was probably like, you know screwing with people and trying to like fuck with their mind and get them to do stuff and convince them to do stuff when you know he was younger and as he got older before you know it sort of all just culminated with the with the killer party yeah which is which is you know kind of where we're at with that um one has to think and maybe you'll disagree with me on this but in order to accumulate that kind of money and power and wealth you have to have a screw or two loose to begin with right Oh yeah, because sure. you can't you can't live like a normal healthy lifestyle and still have that kind of drive and ambition to to accumulate that. So, 
uh, we could we could draw all kinds. Of, I mean, he's not really a well uh, vetted character in the movie or the book, other than his past deeds. Because the the movie and the book both pick up with the paranormal teams like decades after he's already died. So yeah. we can't draw too many conclusions, but uh, just looking at the way his his life ended, we can definitely say that bit of a nutbag to say the least. Yeah, I think so. Uh, what did you think of the paranormal team there, Mandy? <laughs> they they're interesting interesting crew. So is what the the physicist, his wife, right. and like two mediums. And he just like drags his wife along and she was probably like, I don't even want to be here. Well, <laughs> like, yeah, but it's stupid. <laughs> it's true, but at the same time she's like you're not going in that house by yourself with the hot little yeah. uh, uh, mental chick there, Mr. I don't think so, Romeo. I'm coming with you. Which is funny because she's the one that gets possessed. Of course. In the book, we find out that there's uh, like a big problem there. Like it's almost, it's not really an abusive relationship, but uh, Dr. Barrett is uh, functionally impotent and she hasn't had a good bang in, in a couple of years, so... She's. I, I think in the book it goes into detail about why she went there to begin with because she's actually. I'm just going to come out and say it. She's looking for a hard dick there, Mandy. Yeah. And he is yeah. not providing one, so <laughs> she's got to. Yeah. She's got to get in there somehow. Um, it it the the problem with those two is that their their marriage was a sham to begin with, and uh, when I that's kind of the 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 juxtaposition of this haunting is whatever your insecurities are once you get inside Hell House it gets they're going to get exploited. So we had Miss Tanner who was this loving, caring, uh, you know, kind of a little on the naive side, and was just coming into her psychic powers, and that got exploited big time by Emmerich as he's yeah. uh, banging away at her. Mister Fisher was kind of a paranoid type. And uh, he barely survived the last encounter with, with Hell House. And once he got in there, he got fucked with, too. Um, so, really, it just it, 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 re- it gets inside your head and wh- it uses whatever your problem is against you. So, that's why she got all horny with Roddy McDowell. Yeah. Which was... And, a- like, it, like you said, it's just because she had that, in, like, inside of her. So, absolutely, you know, he sort of exploited it. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, watching that today or last night, that scene where she, uh, basically throws herself out. I got a little chuckle out of that. I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> More to the point is Roddy McDowell with his Coke bottle glasses on that makes his eyes look three times the size of his head. <laughs> just yeah. Staring at her while she's explaining all the things that she's going to do to him. <laughs> yeah. It was a little bit awkward. <laughs> oh, it was beautiful. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. Mrs. Barrett. Uh, Mrs. Barrett!
You... You were walking in your sleep. What did, so, you, you didn't mind the movie. Was there... Mm-hmm. Did, do you think this one could do with a remake or no? Um, I know I you're like, anti-remake, like but I feel like this one could, could use <laughs> a little update. The thing with, like, remakes is I'm kind of more, like lenient on them i guess if it's like if they're based on a book originally because mm-hmm. it's like why can't someone else just interpret the book how how they think right and that's sort of why i let it slide um but i think that like you know you probably could bring this one up to to modern times like i said you could have you know him like hiding in a safe room or whatever with like all the security cameras in the house and do it sort of like from that angle so like when there's a party you have like that whole scene where he's sort of just like watching it or whatever and mm-hmm. Kind of more from that angle, but I mean, seventies movies are great, anyways. Uh, like I, I, I find them pretty great, even if like you know effects and stuff don't hold up over time. I still think that they're just you know good to go back and watch. Yeah, and that's something else worth talking about is the special effects, or I, I feel in this case lack thereof. For the, for My the favorite time. part was when uh, she was doing like the medium chick was doing like the first sort of like seance type thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, there's the ectoplasm like coming out of her fingers and it just looks like like white like smoke just coming yeah. out slowly. Yeah, it's like it almost it got it got a little cartoony with that, right? Yeah. Because it's like yeah. going up and around and oh, where's it going? I don't know. My favorite part was later that night when she's having her little uh chit chat with the ghost and it just throws the bed sheets over her head. Yeah. All right, <laughs> yeah. wise guy. <laughs> hey, we got a we got a real comedian ghost in here, everybody. Zinger. Seventies <laughs> are great. <laughs> they are, and I, I love this movie. Believe it or not, I saw this one when I was probably six, seven years old. It scared the living piss out of me, man. <laughs> I had a I had a healthy fear of ghosts ever since that uh, Halloween episode of Unsolved Mysteries where they went to the. Uh, uh queen mary did you ever see that one probably i was a big unsolved mysteries fan well robert the the music like the theme song is still just like chilling right (laughs) and robert stack uh, hanging around street lights in a trench coat yeah (laughs) yeah what is he doing what is he even doing it felt like every single episode he was like whoa uh he likes to the the killer likes to kill four-year-old boys and he could be hanging around reno nevada right now Yep. Jesus Christ! It's just like, goddamn. Yeah, he's outside my window, man. Yeah, gonna kill me. And they're all like, because they're unsolved mysteries, so like nothing was ever solved. So you're like, man, they never even caught the killer. No, yeah, he's still out there. He's probably still outside my old window, scaring, <laughs> scaring the piss out of some new four year old boy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, but this movie actually terrified me as a kid. Um, I didn't understand a lot of the weird sex stuff or what was going on, but I knew that. Uh, <laughs> You know, I had nightmares about like the middle of the night, the sheets being jerked off me and then thrown back over my head or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> scary, scary stuff, Mandy. All righty. Let's get into our brand new segment. This one is called Darian Interviews Mandy about uh, the haunting of uh, the Legend of Hell House there. <laughs> Mandy, have you ever spent the night in a alleged haunted house? No, and it's one of those things, like, I've thought about watching, like, movies and horror shows and stuff, if I could, like, you know, survive the night thing. And I think that, like, I probably could. I'd probably be, like, terrified the whole time, even if there was nothing and if I didn't see anything. But I think I'd, like, want to at least do it to experience it. Well, you are a budding paranormal investigator, are you not? Yeah, I've done, like, two 
two ghost hunts. Where at? Um, one was at this place outside of town called Nelson Road. Um, I just sort of like Googled haunted stuff around my city in Thunder Bay. Mm-hmm. And it's just one stretch of like this little bit of dirt road off of the highway. It's about half hour. It's about half hour north of town. And it's like very short. So maybe it's about, I don't know, two or three blocks worth mm-hmm. of like dirt road. Um, and it's just like really thick, dense woods on either side. So we went and saw like you didn't really see anything but there's like a lot of creepy mist at the time i think it's because it was summer and after rain and so it just kind of built up but it's very it's a very spooky stretch of road Mm -hmm. um but then again where i live it's there's a lot of like just dirt roads and you know single lane highways and stuff so it didn't really seem out of place and then the other place i went to was uh called trowbridge falls it's not really like actual like waterfalls it's just a really small one Mm -hmm. but it was actually on one of the like Canada's most haunted shows or whatever, because I guess a lot of people kill themselves there, wow. or they used to. And so we went it in the daytime to just sort of like get you know like control pictures and the layout of the area, and then went back at night. And that's where I, I took a picture down by the water, and there's what looks like a blue orb, but if you zoom in on it, it looks like there's an alien face in it. Oh, nice! Like a gray a gray face in nice. it. Nice. So that scared the shit out of me because I was like, I did not expect to see aliens. Aliens scare me more than ghosts. So I didn't even sleep at all that night because I was like, the aliens, you know, if you acknowledge them, then they know that you know that they're there. Oh, boy. <laughs> so I was like so paranoid about that. Um, but I didn't get anything on the eve. Like we did like a short EVP thing. I didn't hear anything there. But my husband said he heard like footsteps behind him. And he kept saying like, oh, do you hear that? And I was like, no, what do you hear? And he's like, well, I'm not going to say I want to see like if the recording picks it up and it didn't pick it up, but he kept hearing like, like footprints or footsteps behind him on like the dirt trail. Hmm. So I'm hoping to like maybe go back this summer or do another one. Nice. Given the opportunity, would you spend the night in a haunted house? Yeah, I think so. I think I do it just for, you know, the experience of it, trying to see like if I do see anything or, you know, notice anything that's going on. Would you do it alone? Um, that's a whole other animal right <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, that's a whole other animal. Other people. I think that I think that I would because it's like it's just one night. So you know, it's one of those things where I think I could you know actually like make it through the night. Just thinking like it's just one night. You know, it's a few more hours. It's however many more hours. Just counting it down. I will say this: I consider myself a skeptic. I don't. I mean, I've been to different places and locations and things, and I haven't experienced anything. I have gotten really drunk though. Um, <laughs> I but uh one of the local things that we have here is the old Washoe Club, which is kind of prominently featured on all the ghost reality shows. Uh spent the night up there, uh, me and a bunch of my knucklehead friends, but before we got well, before everybody else I went in there by myself and hung out for about an hour. Uh, it was probably about eleven o'clock at night, and I will say I mean nothing happened that I couldn't explain, but I will say this. When you're in a location that you assume to be possibly haunted by yourself, mm-hmm. your mind will put together some very wacky shit for you. Oh, yeah. Espe- your brain's the oh, worst. Yeah. <laughs> especially if you're a horror fan and you've got all this uh, back material to draw from. Oh, Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. I, I swear to God, I saw Jack Torrance in there. He was chasing me with an axe. <laughs> but I don't even know how he got in there. It was scary. <laughs> Excuse me. Do you believe in ghosts, Mandy? Yes, I believe in pretty much everything. Have you had an experience? Um, I've not had like an actual like ghost experience. I'd say I've had like 
dreams of people after they've passed and like conversations with them like right afterwards mm-hmm. but i've never had like an actual you know i've seen a ghost sort of experience we we have like weird stuff we hear in the house and like we've lived here for five years so it's not like you know it's a new house where we're just experiencing new stuff and like last i don't know it was like a few months ago we hear like knocking on the back door to the point where like my dog would actually start barking but when we go there there'd be no one there and it's not like they could just you know someone could just knock on the door and run away because you have to like go up the stairs open a gate come to the door go back down you know open the gate go down the stairs go down the driveway kind of thing to get away so it's not like someone's playing knock knock ginger on our back door knock knock ginger yeah, that's what we call it, that's, I guess. That's the Canadian version. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why ginger is in there, but that's, that's what we call it. Yeah, that, uh, I don't know, that almost took like a racial term, didn't it? <laughs> it's but okay. Yeah, like it's, it's not like something that, you know, people could just knock on the door and run away because we'd see them and there's windows and, you know, but to the right. point where like the dog would actually bark and run to the door that he'd heard it too. And it happened a few times. And my husband's just like, nope, I just ignore it now. He just, he hears sounds and he's just like, what sound? I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, that's good. That, that's the way to go. Yeah. Just yeah. ignore it and it'll go away. Or you'll get possessed yeah. by a horny uh, bitch ghost. Yeah, exactly. Good, good times. <laughs> <laughs> that might work to your benefit though, Mandy. Yeah. You never know, right? Yeah. If you could send <laughs> the horny ghost over to my place, uh, <laughs> Wife has been a little chilly these days. Sometimes that's what it takes. Getting a little lonely over here at Darian's house, if you know what I'm saying. Need a little ghost by egg. That's right. We tried uh, the Spanish fly. That that stuff doesn't work. Now we're on to possession. You know, whatever. Whatever works. I don't know you people. Why are you here? Does no good. Nothing changes. Nothing. Get out or I'll hurt you. I can't help myself. God damn you, you filthy son of bitches! God damn you! I don't want to hurt you. But I must, I must. Get out of this house before I kill you all! Uh, Mandy, if you could throw a party and you had, you knew that at the end of the night you were going to barricade everybody in and leave them to rot, what kind of party would you throw? Um, I throw like a big rave. Oh, there you go. Like, I think it'd be fun to have like. You know, full on like DJ and like all the glow sticks and just a big handful of ecstasy. You're, go- you're gonna <laughs> want just, the drugs, yeah. Yeah, that's kind just of like a... a big old fashioned like you know 2000s rave. Yeah, you couldn't have like a board game party and get away no. with that. <laughs> no, it'd be too quiet. People will catch on. Yeah, and about 9:30 at night, people are gonna be like, "All right, well, I'm gonna get the hell out of here." And then you're already history, and they're not even yeah. drunk or buzzed. They're just pissed at each other because they're accusing each other of cheating at board games. Although, exactly. I think you're right. awesome. You, you probably wouldn't have to leave them in there nearly as long. You know what I'm saying? True. Because if, <laughs> if if you got all the drugs and everything, people are just going to forget to eat and then yeah. starve to death and then with the weird sex and all that. But if you're, you are got a board game party going, you could probably come back in like two, three days and they're already done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you could have your house back and get rid of the bodies. 
Not, <laughs> yeah. Not that I've put any thought into this or anything. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> <coughs> oh, man. Well, this will conclude our new segment. Darian interviews Mandy about stuff that happened at the <laughs> Belasco house. <laughs> I, uh, I, I really like The Legend of Hell House, the movie. Uh, the book is somewhat better. It gets deeper into the characters and their misgivings in the Belasco mythos. Um, it's not the best movie. It's, it's for me, I think it's more of a sentimental, uh, type of a thing just because I've seen it so many goddamn times and it scared the piss out of me as a kid. Any movies scare the (laughs) piss out of you as a kid, Mandy? Um, see like horror movies don't really scare me, but the only one, and it didn't scare me, but the only one that actually gave me nightmares was the original it. Mm. And I used to like have nightmares of, Cause I had like mini blinds in my room. And so you could see like the light coming through and you'd see like shadows outside. Mm-hmm. And it was like, uh, Penny, like the shadow of Pennywise just sort of waving. Oh, <laughs> that I'd like see outside my window, but that'd be the extent of it. But it was the only one that ever really, you know, gave me nightmares. Although tremors did make me scared to walk across the street. <laughs> <laughs> but my, my best friend lived like literally, right across the street from me and we watched tremors at her, her house and i made my mom come and like walk across the street and walk back with me oh man because <laughs> like, that would make me feel safe but i mean i was probably like about well i came out like what 1990 so i would have been like nine mm-hmm. so. i i for a very short period of time had a healthy a healthy scare of maximum overdrive i know you've seen <laughs> that movie right it's ridiculous yep. i know it's a very silly movie <laughs> but uh that scene with the uh, the vending machine, you remember that? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I, for a long time, I would always stand like like cockeyed when I would get a soda out of the vending machine because <laughs> I, I you don't want to be fire. in the line of fire, but you still you're thirsty, so you got to get a soda. But if that thing comes firing out of there at full speed, you're you're going to be in trouble. Yep. That's kind of silly. It's weird how like the silliest movies affect us, you know, when we're kids. Yeah, and, and then we watch them later, and we're like, well, oh, it's dumb. I, like, watched so many horror movies as a kid and, like, nothing, like, ever really, you know, really ever scared me and got to me to the point now, too. Like, I don't I don't watch them to be scared. I just watch them because they're entertaining. I, I think more so, like, alien-type stuff. I wouldn't really say scares me, but just sort of, like, unnerves me. Like, Dark Skies hmm. was a really good movie and that I just found, like, that unnerving. I find, like, aliens, you know, unsettling to watch in movies. I'm I'm interested in aliens. I would like to I would like to be abducted at some point. <laughs> I, probed. I, I mean, you know, I might turn a new. Are you li- looking new to get leaf. probed? <laughs> I, I, you know, I mean, I, I like to consider myself adventurous in the bedroom, Andy. <laughs> I don't know why we're having this conversation all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I think it would, would you rather would you rather be abducted by aliens or would you rather have a full scale alien invasion? Do you think? Um. See, I think I could probably survive an alien invasion. I think an alien abduction would just, like, fuck me up for way too long. Well, of course. I mean... And, like, with the abductions, too, it's one of those things where, like, sometimes like the people don't necessarily believe you. So you're like, no, I really was abducted. And they're like, I don't think so. I think you're just crazy. Whereas an alien invasion, you could be like, see? There's fucking aliens, man. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, what I think the best sequence of events is you get abducted, and then you come back with your weird stories, and then the invasion, and then you can be like, look... You, you yeah. thought I was full of shit, so now you can kiss my ass because now everybody's like the dad in Independence Day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he's like, "See, I told you." See, here's how I go: if I get abducted and you know probed and all that stuff, I'm not going to tell anybody. 
Yeah. They're going to, I'm going to come back in a couple of weeks and they're going to be like, dude, what happened to you? You, Oh, I just went to Vegas, you know? Yeah. I was on I, a bender. Yeah. I just, you know, I got some, some uh, roofies and I just cruised around Vegas. It was great. But uh, yeah, I don't think I'm going to tell anybody because it's kind of weird and rapey and nobody's going to believe me. And I don't know. I mean, that's just, that's just how I would roll. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> All right, Mandy. Well, I think that will uh, about conclude this episode of the Psych Ward. Do you have any closing thoughts on Emmerich Belasco, The Haunting of Hill House, or <laughs> The Legend of Hell, Hell House, I should say? I think that, like, as far as, you know, like, horror movie villains and stuff go, he was kind of like a smarter one where he just got people to do stuff. He didn't necessarily kill them himself, kind of like the dude from Saw. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was just more, I guess, like, vicious about it and kind of, like involved that way um but yeah i thought it was like it was a pretty good movie i think that people you know should give more 70s movies a chance and go back to sort of these older ones because they are still pretty interesting and have good stories in them see that we don't have we there is other horror movies other than 90s teen horror movies mandy i don't know yeah. i don't know if you're aware of that or not i know you <laughs> oh i'm aware of that. okay <laughs> <laughs> i just prefer them <laughs> of course all right people thank you for joining us mandy how do they get a hold of us here in the psych ward you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at PsychWordPod. We have our show art up on there. And, you know, if there's uh, if there's someone you want to hear get checked in, for, by all means, you know, slide into our DMs. Get all up in there like a horny yep. alien with a <laughs> rectal probe. Yeah, exactly. We will we will take that probe. <laughs> all right, this yeah. is get, this is getting nasty. <laughs> all right, everybody, thank you for joining us. We'll see you in a couple of weeks with another episode of the Psych War. Yeah.